Good morning, Lake House Church. This is the day the Lord has made. That's right. We have a choice every morning when we get up how we're going to face that day. Are we going to face it with the hope and the joy that we know that's ours through our relationship with Jesus Christ? Or are we going to face it with worry and doubt and look at what the world has to say? I'm uh, starting a, a little series on promises. And uh, the series is called I Promise. And we're going to look at what God has promised us. But before we really look at what God has promised, like last week, we looked at the names of God. Hopefully, if you were here, you, you took some notes. But praying the names of God is so powerful. Even today in worship, I found myself just uttering the names of, of God in admiration and love. For he is my banner, my Jehovah Nisi. He is my El Shaddai. He's my Jehovah Rapha. He's my Jehovah Sheaboth. All of those, he is ours. But promises. Now, I'm going to date myself, maybe some of you if you know this song, but growing up we had an old hymn. It was called Standing on the Promises. And I don't know if some of y'all remember, but man, we sang that every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday. My mom would hum it. But if you don't remember, it was called um, Standing on the Promises of Christ our King. Come on, Sherry. Through eternal ages, let his praises sing. Glory, hallelujah, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Yeah. That's a little old school right there. They don't write them like that no more. So, but yeah, I know the chorus goes standing on the problem. All this week I've been kind of humming that song. But do we really know the promises of God? Do we think that we know about the promises of God? You see, when I ask you what your list of promises of God would be, you might have your list. I think my list would be, I'm thankful for God's health. I, I have health in my body. He gives me wisdom. He gives me favor. He gives me provision. All of these are promises of God. But you know, sometimes promises are misunderstood. And uh, as a role, being a dad with three great kids, there's times when my children come to me and ask me for something. And when I promise them that I'm going to do that, I think that over the past, I have a, a very good track record with them that they know that dad's going to take care of it. And if I can, I come to them and say, hey, this is something I promised, but it's because of this and it's circumstances, you know, it can't get you the new Ferrari on your 18th birthday or whatever the case may be, but they have to understand. But if it is in my ability, I will perform that for them. But it's interesting, sometimes the way that God shows me to fulfill that promise wasn't the way they were expecting it to. You see, sometimes when they would come to me with a need, I would show them an opportunity to get a job. <laughs> see, that wasn't their expectation. It was, Dad was going to go out in the backyard, shake the money tree, get some of the greens to come down, and then just hand it to them, because money does grow on trees. We all know that. I read it on the internet. The point being is, Sometimes when we're standing on the promises, we expect God to do it our way, our timing, uh -oh. our definition of an answer. 
God is faithful. Even when we are not, God is faithful. God cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is always faithful. Even when you feel like he has abandoned you, he is still there. Promises. What I have learned in my life is that promises are only as good as the person that has said it to you. Unfortunately, in today's society, there's some people that their promises are not worth much. And then there's other people that come into your life that you know are faithful, that will love you unconditionally, will be with you. If they say that they'll meet you somewhere, they'll be there. Amen. Promises. God is faithful. Today I'm going to take you to one of my favorite passages, second favorite passages in Psalms. Psalms 103, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And this is what the Word of God says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things. You say, Pastor, it says your. Personalize when you're reading these. Personalize it. I write names in. I personalize. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Now David starts out praising God, but then right away he says, but forget not about his benefits. When we forget about the benefits, we tend to become a little ungrateful for the things that we forget about. We take for granted. And I want you to know that here in the United States, we are blessed beyond measure, okay? I wish that we as a church could take a trip to, to the outer parts of Haiti or other parts of, of this world and see how a majority of this world lives. And even in our poverty, it's wealth compared to their lifestyle. But sometimes we, we forget. I found this story. This is an actual story about a Polish railway worker. You know, you all go to PolishRailway.com all the time. But Jan Grabinski was actually, in 1988, he was hit by a train. And uh, he was in a coma for 19 years. 19 years. And when he awakes in 2007, Poland is no longer a communistic state. In fact, he, he said in his story that when he got hit by the train, the only thing that you could get at stores was um, vinegar and um, tea. What a combination, okay? And there were long lines at, at the gas stations. But when he awoke out of his coma, Poland is now a free state. And everyone is walking around with cell phones. <laughs> stores are full. Everything that he could have ever imagined has changed from when he went to sleep and when he woke up. Could you imagine going to sleep in a coma in a communistic country and waking up in a free country and seeing all change? I mean, it would, I think it would overwhelm us for a couple days of just absorbing everything. But there was an interesting comment that I really love that he said. He said, these people have freedom, 
food, wealth, greater than Poland has ever had for decades. And yet, when he came from his coma, he said all that they seemed to do was walk on their cell phone and talk about what they don't have. Here's a gentleman who was like frozen in time for, for 19 years and came out and saw the abundance of today's society and saw all in our hearts is that we want more. We're not happy with what we have. There's got to be better. We were wronged. So what are the promises that God has given to us? The Bible says that we should give thanks for all things. Now as I look through Psalms 103 that I just shared with you, I noticed something, that David wasn't thanking God for the things that I would be thanking for. You see, I'm confessing this. When I look at the blessings and promises of God, I always associated them with tangible things. Tangible things are things that I can touch. I, I would look at and I would give thanks, but not once in this entire Psalms do you see where David gave thanks for his family for his home, for his possessions. Thank you, Lord, for that Lexus chariot with the great spinners. It's not mentioned in there. Thank you for making me king. Thank you for this role that I get to play. Nothing. But he gave thanks for the things that the world could not take away. When your list of thankfulness to God is everything tangible, let me tell you that all of those items can be removed instantly. Read the book of Job. In a very short period of time, Job's wealth, family, health, everything was taken away. And yet he still praised God. He would not curse God and die. He said, naked I came, naked I'll go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. What an attitude. We lose some in our 401k and we jump off buildings. Where is our hope? Where is our trust? Are we truly standing on the right promises of God? I'm absolutely thankful for my family. I'm absolutely thankful for the church, for all of you, for my job. But I have to readjust my thinking and look at it the way David looked at this passage. What David praised God for was He's forgiven all my sins. He's healed all of my diseases. He's redeemed my life from the pit. He's crowned me with loving, uh, love and compassion. And he satisfies my desires with the good thing. So that my youth is renewed like the eagle. When you have a promise from God like that, the world can't take that away from you. The world cannot steal any of those features from you. Your car can be stolen. Your house can be removed. Your wealth can be taken away. But love, compassion, life, all of these cannot be taken. So my question has to be, why? Why did David write? Why did David focus on these things? If you look in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, this thought is continued on through Jesus' passage. In Matthew 9, uh, 6, verses 19 through 21, it says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break in and steal. 
But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt nor thieves do break in nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's a passage, powerful passage. Where is our treasure? Is our treasure in our position, in our, our wealth, in our position in society? Or is our treasure just in knowing that God has redeemed us? He forgives us. We walk in His mercy. Amen. It's new every morning. Right. Even when we fall, He helps us back up. If we cry out to Him. He never rests. He never slumbers. He never takes vacation. He's there for you 24-7. Even in the times when you awaken in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep, cry out to him. If anybody in here is having trouble with their sleep, when you wake up, just start pr praying and crying out to God. I don't know what to say, Pastor. Just start saying the name of Jesus. Just say the name that's above everything. Yes. That all sickness has to bow. All, yes. I'll tell you, spiritually, when you say the word Jesus, you send oh, ripples yeah. through the spiritual airways. Yeah. Every demon that has come against your family, every situation, your work environment, your relationships, shudder when you start saying the name of Jesus. Yes. And you know, sometimes you'd love to just yell it out. Right. But I think some of the most times that I've cried out to Jesus, it's been in a whisper. It's when people are on the phone telling you that their world is collapsing and you don't have an answer for them. But you just start saying, Jesus, come into this situation. Heal these hearts. This is beyond repair in my world. But God, who is rich in mercy, when you whisper the name of Jesus, you're bringing those promises David acknowledged that neither he nor any of us are worthy of God's love. Reading on in Psalms 103, verses 15 through 17, it says this, As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place where it shall know is no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and from righteousness until children's children. Now, aren't you thankful that in verse 17 it says, but his mercy, the mercy of the Lord is from Tuesday through Thursday, not valid in Puerto Rico and only in the continuous United States. It doesn't say that. It's from everlasting to everlasting. We don't comprehend that. These are just sometimes words to us. We read this and we think everlasting to everlasting. When we step out of this world and we step into eternity, I think at all of a sudden some of these passages are going to come to fulfillment in our mind. Wow. I never realized what everlasting to everlasting meant. What this passage is saying is that in ourselves, we're not all that impressive to God. We're dust. He created us. Yep. He knows our weaknesses. Yep. He knows the gutter that you're in right now and the gutter that you were in when the Holy Spirit called you out to a relationship with Jesus Christ and all your sins were forgiven. We can't fool God. Your Sunday morning smile is not fooling God. He sees us in our weakness. He sees us at our low times. He sees our words and, and what we, our heart is when, when we're offended. 
but it also says that he crowns us. You know what that tells me? Is that I am special. You are special to God. You know what this tells me? That people will let you down. People will fail you. People will forget about you. I'm going to tell you that, I know this is going to be shocking, but one day, if Christ doesn't return in my lifetime, all of us will eventually die. And our children will probably remember us and tell their children about us. But at some point, if generations continue, you are just going to be a memory in somebody's old Bible or something, right? I mean, how much time this week did you just really focus on your great, great, great grandmother? And really just wanted to get to know about her and what she did and her struggles and what her favorite recipes were. It wasn't even really a thought in our minds. But God knows everything about us. God knows our weaknesses, and he never forgets about us. And he crowns us. He's redeemed us. This passage tells us that he's redeemed my life from the pit. And that he's going to satisfy my mouth with good things. So that my youth is renewed. This pit that it's talking about could either be a physical pit or a spiritual pit. Joseph was thrown in by his brothers. Daniel was thrown in a lion's den. But what we deal with more in this society is not that we're going to be really thrown in lion's dens this week, but we can go into a spiritual pit, a time of darkness. You're not hearing from God. You're not sensing God. You read the words in the Bible and it's just words. You try to worship and it's just flat. You feel alone. That is a spiritual pit. But this is when you go to Psalms 103 and says, but you've, you'll bring me out of this pit, Lord. You redeem my life. Amen. David knew that God loved him. And he loves us. The words of David also are reflected in Psalms 23. A passage that many of us are familiar with. But this is what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That's how much God loves you. No matter where you are today, thinking that you're walking in the blessing and abundance of God, we have to go to the basis of His promises. That He has forgiven us. He's redeemed us. He's healed us. Amen. He's restored us. Right. He's given us hope. Mm -hmm. He's given us peace. Peace not that the world gives, but that only He can give. Amen. These are the real promises of God. 
You see, if we had a huge advertising budget, we could run TV ads and said, come and hear about the promises of God at Lake House Church this Sunday. And I'll tell you, we would have people out in the parking lot wanting to know a get-rich-quick scheme. What scriptures can I say so many times and what can I sow into that will give me a 3,000 return fold on my gift? And there's nothing wrong with being blessed. God loves to bless you. As, my, as I want to make sure that my children always have enough. I don't want to have them suffer and, and be in hunger and, and in the cold because I, I don't care about them. The Bible even says that even me being evil know how to give good gifts. How much more does God love us in a pure way and he wants to bestow that on us. But when our eyes are on the blessing and not the blessor, it offends. It offends God. He knows our heart. He knows our motives. He knows why we do things. Why we position ourselves so that we can be next to this, so that we can get some of that blessing to come upon us. When really all He wants is your life. Amen. He wants your time. He wants you to cry out to Him. God will meet all of our needs. But just like David, we know that that's not enough. Mark 8.36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own life? I truly believe that there are some untalented people in Hollywood who have sold their life for the fame and popularity. I mean, honestly. You can't say that. 100% of everyone that has a recording album right now to me, Dino should have a recording album. Seriously. There's times where I think Dino and Matt and Randy and David and, and Becky and Steve all do that song better than this artist. We can be wealthy beyond our dreams. We can be healthy as a horse. We can be as wise as Solomon. But if our sins are not dealt with, we are going to spend an eternity in hell away from the presence of God. As we read earlier, this life is but a vapor. We're like a flower that's here, a blade of grass. How many of y'all remember a great blade of grass in your yard last season? You know, you walked out and said, that, that blade of grass, that's awesome. Look, it's July and it's still green and it's wanting to grow. And you write down in your journal, I love that blade of grass. Nobody does that? Oh, maybe I'm alone. I don't know. But that's what it's saying is that we're blades of grass. We're here one season and gone the next. And yet we think we're all that and a bag of chips. diet unless our sins are forgiven so David tells us yes God is willing to take care of that too because he forgives all of our sins Amen. he forgives all of our sins he forgives all of our sins why don't you say it? he has forgiven all of my sins some of you need to remind yourself of that because you think that your sins are worse than what God can forgive you about that's what Satan will lie to you constantly about. You have a 24-hour CNN or SNN, Satan Network lying situation in your life, telling you how horrible you are, what you've done cannot be forgiven, how God would never love you, how the church will not forgive you, how you'll never have a ministry with your tainted past. And those are all lies from the pit of the enemy. Right. Satan is a liar. Everything Satan says is a lie because that's all he knows how to do. So when Satan is lying to you, look at the reverse of it. If he's saying you can't be forgiven, then you say, God, 
praise God, I can be forgiven of this. When it says that you are a nobody, see, you know what? It says that the word of God, that I am made in the image of my creator, and that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that his promises for me are yes and amen. He forgives all of our sins. Psalms 103, verses 10 through 12, addresses this. And it says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is His mercy towards them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to think about something real quick. And then I'm going to have David come up in just one minute. We've always heard about east is to the west. Haven't you heard this before? The sins are removed, east is west. What if the Bible had said, your sins are removed from you as far as the north is from the south? Do you know that if we traveled north from here, geographically, we'd go through the great state of Oklahoma. And then Kansas, I don't want to do this because I'm going to mess something up when I get way far to the great white north, eh? But eventually we're going to land in Canada. And then we're going to get into Antarctica. And do you know the Arctic has a spot? And you know what that spot's called? The North Pole. And once you pass the North Pole, do you realize that you're going south? south. Now, let's also look at the east-west. Do you know that there are no poles on the east and west? So if we get in a plane and we start heading west, we will constantly be heading west. Because no matter where you go around the globe, you're always heading west. There is no pole that says now you're heading east because we're constantly heading west. So if God would have said, I'm going to remove your sins as far as the north is from the south, that would imply that there is a point where you run out of his greatness and mercy and his forgiveness. And now you're on your own. But because he's given it to us, this geographically said, You'll never be able to go the other direction. I've removed it that far from you. Amen. You'll always have to chase after that other direction. Hallelujah. That's as far as he's removed the sins from me. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. I thought that was kind of clever. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no I, I shouldn't even pat on my own back. I'm sorry, Lord. I've just read that my whole life. And I've always tried to grasp that. And when you start looking at it geographically, we see why our sins have been removed. The promises of God. We will get into the promises of God that are yes and amen over our lives. Because I think it's important that we as born-again believers understand who we are. We are children of the Most High God. We can cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. Through adoption, we have been brought into. We are in line with the... the covenant of Abraham and the blessings but I think some of us have forgotten those some of us are walking through some difficult times and we've forgotten the promises of God we don't even sing that song anymore about standing on the promises because we don't really think about the promises of God that much but before we got into all the greatness of 
the promises, I wanted us to look at what is truly, truly important. That when David wrote this passage, it was not about the tangible things. It was about the intangible. Mercy, forgiveness, grace, strength. Strength. Renewing our strength like the eagles. I'm tired. I really am. I've been standing on this passage saying, I need your strength, Lord. And you know why I have this relationship with Christ that I can talk to him when I'm up in the morning or going for a walk or just spending some time alone? It's because I've received him as my Savior and my Lord. See, it's important that we understand our relationship with God. We are all born sinners. And our righteousness is like filthy rags. That means no matter how good you think you are, no matter how much you do for others, no matter how much people applaud you, it's still not enough. But all it comes down to is a, a simple submission of your life and asking Jesus Christ into your heart. You see, Jesus Christ came to this world and lived a sinless life. And he died on a cross for you and for me. And he rose three days later. Let me check my bracelet. Get the rest of that message. <laughs> he ascended. And guess what? He's coming back. Amen. Say that again. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope that we have. Amen. That this life is like a blade of grass. I was not created for this time. I honestly think that my 80, 90 plus years that I get to spend with my wife is just like being in God's waiting room, waiting for the door to open and say, okay, next. And boom, I walk into the, my true life. The Word of God even says that this body is just a tent, a temporary dwelling place. My home is with my Creator. And I long for that time. The more you get to know God, the more you'll fall in love with God. The more that you understand him through the word, the more passion you'll have for him. Amen. That when you do cry out Jesus, it comes from your heart and not just from your head. Right. See, that's what he truly wants. He wants our heart and just not our, our thoughts of what we can get from him. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to be away from, I don't want to go to hell, so I'll accept him. That's really more of a, a thought than a passion. The nice thing about this is that even today, if you feel like your relationship with Christ has been demolished, severed, flattened, exploded, or you've never given him control of your life, I'm going to lead everyone in a very simple prayer. And set opportunities just to renew your love. You know, sometimes when I'm saying this prayer with you, it's almost like I'm renewing my vows as if we would were to do that on our wedding anniversary. Kristen loves whenever I do anything romantic. I have a very little romantic bone. I just, I can't, I have to think really hard. But when I do, and man, she's just ecstatic. It makes me feel like a billion dollars. And I think when we, we say this prayer, we just say, God, if there's anything in me, create, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit. 
I think that's like renewing our vows to God, just telling him how much we love him, how much we need him, how weak we are and how strong he is. Would everybody bow your heads and close your eyes? As we say this prayer, I'm going to ask everyone to say this. So if we all are praying this prayer, but God knows the hearts of those that are saying it from their heart. Ask him into your life. Ask him to forgive what you've done wrong in the past. Ask him to renew the love and passion that you have or had at one point in your life. Ask him to give you the strength. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to fill you with strength. Renew that heart. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me now with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am saved. Amen. Now, if you said that, angels are rejoicing. God knows your heart. It's as if that prodigal child has just come in through the doors that he's been waiting for. Grow in that relationship. Love God. Pursue peace. Walk in his strength. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Those are the promises that I stand on now that I've read Psalms 103 with that view of the way David wrote it. Before I, I close, I want to tell you that God's really been dealing in my heart. And there's a series that we're going to be starting in just a couple weeks. I'm calling it the ask. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, ask, tells us to ask, seek, and knock. I'm asking for the town of Pantigo. I really am. We're going to go walking on prayer walks in teams and we're going to walk every street in the town of Pantigo we're going to pray we're going to pray that our eyes are open to the needs of our community because you know what we're not seeing that as we're pulling right into our garage and shutting the garage door and after we have asked and after we have sought we're going to knock on doors for those of you who are interested in just knocking on doors and saying hi praying for your neighborhood and is there anything that I can pray about you for you and just asking that very simple question and seeing what the response will be 
You may be able to lead some in the sinner's prayer. You may be able to encourage people in the scriptures. You may be able to pray with them for healing in their family or restoration or a job that's needed or a child that has left and they don't know where they are. But to me, that's really the church being the church. I told Kristen, I said, if no one else goes, I'm still going to walk. It's going to take me longer, but I'm going to do it. I'm looking forward to this series, but I'm sharing this with you now. Because as I wear my bracelet, every day I pray for the hearts that are going to be changed. I'm praying now for those streets. I truly feel like we don't know our community. And I think that not only are our eyes going to be open, but our hearts are going to be changed. And that passion that we have for the town of Pantigo, we're going to take back to Mansfield. We're going to take into Arlington and Grand Prairie. We're going to take into Euless, Kennedale. Because that's where God's placed us. So that's my heart. That's what's ahead. I hope you're walking and praying with me. Or rolling if Steve's not up at that time. <laughs> Would you all please stand so I can speak the blessing with you?